Assalamu alaikum brothers and sisters, I'm Sister B and welcome to Islamic Audio Bites. We will be continuing to read from Men Around the Messenger by Khalid Muhammad Khalid, which we downloaded from allahsword.com. Just a reminder that we will no longer be uploading to podcasting platforms and will only be uploading to our Islamic Audio Bites channel on YouTube. So do please support us and subscribe there. Let's read. Page 14. Musab ibn Umar, the first envoy of Islam. This man, among the companions of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, how good it is for us to start with him. He was the flower of the Quraysh, the most handsome and youthful. Historians and narrators describe him as the most charming of the Makkans. He was born and brought up in wealth, and he grew up with its luxuries. Perhaps there was no boy in Makkah who was more pampered by his parents like Musab ibn Umar. This mirthful youth caressed and pampered the talk of the ladies of Makkah, the jewel of its clubs and assemblies. Is it possible for him? to be one of the legends of faith. By Allah, how interesting a tale, the story of Musab ibn Umar, or Musab the Good, as he was nicknamed among the Muslims. He was one of those made by Islam and fostered by the Prophet, peace be upon him. But who was he? His story is a pride of all mankind. The youth heard one day what the people of Makkah had began to hear about Muhammad, the truthful, that Allah had sent him as a bearer of glad tidings and a warner to call them to worship of Allah, the one God. When Makkah slept and awoke, there was no other talk but the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, and his religion. And this spoiled boy was one of the most attentive listeners. This was because, although he was young, the flower of clubs and assemblies, the outward appearance of wisdom and common sense were among the traits of Musab. He heard that the Prophet peace be upon him and those who believed in him were meeting far away from the dignitaries and great men of the Quraysh at As-Safa in the house of Al-Arqam ibn Al-Qam, Dar Al-Arqam. He wasted no time. He went one night to the Dar al-Arqam, yearning and anxious. There, the Prophet, peace be upon him, was meeting his companions, reciting the Qur'an to them and praying with them to Allah the Most Exalted. Musab had hardly taken his seat and contemplated the verses of the Qur'an recited by the Prophet, peace be upon him, when his heart became the promised heart that night. The pleasure almost flung him from his seat as he was filled with a wild ecstasy. But the Prophet, peace be upon him, patted his throbbing heart with his blessed right hand, and the silence of the ocean's depth filled his heart. In the twinkling of an eye, the youth who had just become Muslim appeared to have more wisdom than his age and a determination that would change the course of time. Musab's mother was Khunas bint Malik, and people feared her almost to the point of terror because she possessed a strong personality. When Musab became a Muslim, 
He was neither careful before nor afraid of anyone on the face of the earth except his mother. Even if Makkah, with all its idols, nobles and deserts were to challenge him, he would stand up to it. As for a dispute with his mother, this was an impossible horror. So he thought quickly and decided to keep his Islam secret until Allah willed. He continued to frequent Dar al-Arqam and take lessons from the Prophet, peace be upon him. He was satisfied with his faith and avoided the anger of his mother, who had no knowledge of his embracing Islam. However, Makkah at that time kept no secret, for the eyes and ears of the Quraysh were everywhere, very alert and checking every footprint in its hot sands. Once, Uthman ibn Tahir saw him steadily entering Arqam's house. Then he saw him a second time praying the prayer like Muhammad, peace be upon him. No sooner had he seen him than he ran quickly with the news to Musab's mother, who was astonished by it. Musab stood before his mother, the people and the nobles of Makkah, who assembled around him, telling them the irrefutable truth and reciting the Qur'an with which the Prophet, peace be upon him, cleansed their hearts and filled them with honour, wisdom, justice and piety. His mother aimed a heavy blow at him, but the hand which was meant as an arrow soon succumbed to the powerful light which increased the radiance of his face with innocent glory because it demanded respect with its quiet confidence. However. His mother, under the pressure of her motherliness, spared him the beating and the pain, although it was within her power to avenge her gods whom he had abandoned. Instead, she took him to a rough corner of her house and shut him in. She put shackles on him and imprisoned him there until he heard the news of the emigration of some of the believers to Abyssinia. He thought to himself and was able to delude his mother and his guards and so escaped to Abyssinia. There, he stayed in Abyssinia with his fellow emigrants, and then returned with them to Makkah. He also emigrated to Abyssinia for the second time with the companions whom the Prophet, peace be upon him, advised to emigrate, and they obeyed. But whether Musab was in Abyssinia or Makkah, the experience of his faith proclaimed itself in all places and at all times. Musab became confident that his life had become good enough to be offered as a sacrifice to the supreme originator and great creator. He went out one day to some Muslims while they were sitting around the Prophet, peace be upon him. And no sooner did they see him than they lowered their heads and shed some tears because they saw him wearing worn-out garments. They were accustomed to his former appearance before he had become a Muslim when his clothes had been like garden flowers, elegant and fragrant. The Prophet, peace be upon him, saw him with the eyes of wisdom, thankful and loving, and his lips smiled gracefully as he said, I saw Musab here, and there was no youth in Makkah more petted by his parents than he. Then he abandoned all of that for the love of Allah and his Prophet. His mother had withheld from him all the luxury he had been overwhelmed by when she could not return him to her religion. She refused to let anyone who had abandoned their gods eat of her food, 
even if he was her son. Her last connection with him was when she tried to imprison him for a second time after his return from Abyssinia. And he swore that if she did that, he would kill all of those who came to her aid to lock him up. She knew the truth of his determination when he was intent and decided to do something. And so she bade him goodbye, weeping. The parting moment revealed a strange adherence to infidelity on the part of his mother and a greater adherence to faith on the part of her son. When she said to him while turning him out of her house, Go away, I am no longer your mother. He went close to her and said, Oh mother, I am advising you and my heart is with you. Please bear witness that there is no God but Allah and that Muhammad is his servant and messenger. She replied to him, angrily raging, By the stars, I will never enter your religion to degrade my status and weaken my senses. So Musab left the great luxury in which he had been living. He became satisfied with a hard life he had never seen before, wearing the roughest clothes, eating one day and going hungry another. This spirit which was grounded in the strongest faith, adorned with the light of Allah, made him another man, one who appeals to the eyes of other great souls. While he was in this state, the Prophet, peace be upon him, commissioned him with the greatest mission of his life, which was to be his envoy to al Madina. His mission was to instruct the Ansar who believed in the Prophet, peace be upon him, and had pledged their allegiance to him at Aqaba to call others to Islam and to prepare al-Madina for the day of the great Hijra. There were among the companions of the Prophet, peace be upon him, at that time, others who were older than Musab and more prominent and nearer to the Prophet, peace be upon him, by family relations. But the Prophet, peace be upon him, chose Musab the good, knowing that he was entrusting to him the most important task of that time putting into his hands the destiny of Islam at Al-Madinah. The radiant city of Al-Madinah was destined to be the home of Hijra, the springboard of Islamic preachers and the liberators of the future. Musab was equal to the task and trust which Allah had given him and he was equipped with an excellent mind and noble character. He won the hearts of the Medinites with his piety, uprightness and sincerity. And so, they embraced the religion of Allah in flocks. At the time, the Prophet, peace be upon him, sent him there. Only 12 Muslims had pledged allegiance to the Prophet, peace be upon him, at the pledge of Aqaba. He had hardly completed a few months when they answered to the call of Allah and the Prophet, peace be upon him. During the next pilgrimage season, the Madinite Muslims sent a delegation of 70 believing men and women to Makkah to meet the Prophet, peace be upon him. They came with their teacher and their Prophet's envoy, Musab ibn Umar. Musab had proven by his good sense and excellence that the Prophet, peace be upon him, knew well how to choose his envoys and teachers. Musab had understood his mission well. He knew that he was a caller to Allah and preacher of his religion, which calls people to right guidance and the straight path. Like the Prophet, peace be upon him, in whom he believed, he was no more 
than a deliverer of the message. There he stood fast with Asad ibn Zurara as host, as both of them used to visit the tribes, dwellings and assemblies, reciting to the people what he had of the Book of Allah, instilling in them that Allah is no more than one God. He had confronted certain instances which could have put an end to his life and that of those with him, but for his active, intelligent, great mind. One day, he was taken by surprise while preaching to the people to find Usaid ibn Khudair, leader of the Abdul Ash'al tribe at Al-Madina, confronting him with a drawn arrow. He was raging with anger and animosity against the one who had come to corrupt the religion of his people by telling them to abandon their gods and talking to them about the idea of only one God whom they did not know before and had never heard of. Their gods were to them the centre of their worship. Whenever any of them needed them, he knew their places. He would invoke them for help. That was how they thought and imagined. As for the God of Muhammad, to whom this envoy was calling, nobody knew his place, nor could anybody see him. When the Muslims who were sitting around Musab saw Usaid ibn Khudair advancing in his unbridled anger, they were frightened. But Musab the Good stood firm. Usaid stood before him and Asad ibn Zurara shouting, What brought you here? Are you coming to corrupt our faith? Go away if you wish to be saved. And like the calmness of the sea and its force, Musab started his fine speech saying, Won't you sit down and listen? If you like our cause, you can accept. And if you dislike it, we will spare of you what you hate. Allah is the greatest. How grand an opening, whose ending would be pleasant. Usaid was a thoughtful and clever man. And here he saw Musab inviting him to listen and know more. If he was convinced, he would accept it. And if he was not convinced, then Musab would leave his neighbourhood and his clan and moved to another neighbourhood without harm, nor being harmed. There and then, Usaid answered him, saying, Well, that is fair. And he dropped his arrow to the ground and sat down listening. Musab had hardly read the Qur'an, explaining the mission with which Muhammad ibn Abdullah, peace be upon him, came, when the conscience of Usaid began to brighten and change with the effectiveness of the words. He became overwhelmed by its beauty. When Musab finished speaking, Usaid ibn Hudair exclaimed to him and those with him, How beautiful is this speech and how true! How can one enter this religion? Musab told him to purify his body and clothes and say, I bear witness that there is no God but Allah. Usaid retired for some time and then returned, pouring clean water on his head and standing there, proclaiming, I bear witness that there is no God but Allah and that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. The news spread like lightning and then Sa'ad ibn Mu'ad came and listened to Musab and he was convinced and embraced Islam. Then came Sa'ad ibn Ubadah. There and then blessings came with their entering Islam. The people of Al-Madinah came together asking one another, if Usaid ibn Khudair, Sa'ad ibn Mu'ad, Sa'ad ibn Ubadah have embraced Islam, what are we waiting for? 
Go straight to Musab and believe. By Allah, he is calling us to the truth and the straight path. The first envoy of the Prophet, peace be upon him, succeeded without comparison. It was a success which he deserved and to which he was equal. The days and years passed by. The Prophet, peace be upon him, and his companions emigrated to Al-Madinah, and the Quraysh were raging with envy and their ungodly pursuit after the pious worshippers. So the Battle of Badr took place, in which they were taught a lesson and lost their stronghold. After that, they prepared themselves for revenge, and thus came the Battle of Uhud. The Muslims mobilised themselves, and the Prophet, peace be upon him, stood in their midst to sort out among their faithful faces and to choose one to bear the standard. He then called for Musab the Good, and he advanced and carried the standard. The terrible battle was raging, the fighting furious. The archers disregarded the orders of the Prophet, peace be upon him, by leaving their positions on the mountain, when they saw the polytheists withdrawing as if defeated. But this act of theirs soon turned the victory of the Muslims to defeat. The Muslims were taken at unawares by the cavalry of the Quraysh at the mountaintop, and many Muslims were killed by the swords of the polytheists as a consequence. When they saw the confusion and horror splitting the ranks of the Muslims, the polytheists concentrated on the Prophet of Allah to finish him off. Musab saw the impending threat, so he raised the standard shouting, Allahu Akbar, Allah is the greatest, like the roar of a lion. He turned and jumped, left and right, fighting and killing the foe. All he wanted was to draw the attention of the enemy to himself in order to turn their attention away from the Prophet, peace be upon him. He thus became as a whole army in himself. Nay, Musab went alone to fight as if he were an army of giants, raising the standard in sanctity with one hand, striking with his sword with the other. But the enemies were multiplying on him. They wanted to step on his corpse so that they could find the Prophet, peace be upon him. Let us allow a living witness to describe for us the last scene of Musab the Great. Ibn Sa'd said, Ibrahim ibn Muhammad ibn Sharabil al-Abdri related from his father who said, Musab ibn Umar carried the standard on the day of Uhud. When the Muslims were scattered, he stood fast until he met Ibn Quma, who was a knight. He struck him on his right hand and cut it off. But Musab said, and Muhammad is but a messenger. Messengers have passed away before him. He carried the standard with his left hand and leaned on it. He struck his left hand and cut it off. And so he leaned on the standard and held it with his upper arms to his chest, all the while saying, And Muhammad is but a messenger. Messengers have passed away before him. Then a third one struck him with his spear, and the spear went through him. Musab fell, and then the standard. Nay, the cream of martyrdom had fallen. He fell after he had struggled for the sake of Allah in the great battle of sacrifice and faith. He had thought that if he fell, he would be a stepping stone to the death of the Prophet, peace be upon him, because he would be without defence and protection. But he put himself in harm's way for the sake of the Prophet, peace be upon him 
Overpowered by his fear for a love of him, he continued to say with every sword stroke that fell on him from the foe, and Muhammad is but a messenger. Messengers have passed away before him. This verse was revealed later, after he had spoken it. After the bitter battle, they found the corpse of the upright martyr lying with his face in the dust, as if he feared to look while harm fell on the Prophet, peace be upon him. So he hid his face so that he would avoid the scene. Or perhaps he was shy when he fell as a martyr, before making sure of the safety of the Prophet, peace be upon him, and before serving to the very end, guarding and protecting him. Allah is with you, O Musab. What a great life story. The Prophet, peace be upon him, and his companions came to inspect the scene of the battle and bid farewell to its martyrs. Pausing at Musab's body, tears dripped from the Prophet, peace be upon him's eyes. Khabab ibn al-Arat narrated, We emigrated with the Prophet, peace be upon him, for Allah's cause. So our reward became due with Allah. Some of us passed away without enjoying anything in this life of his reward, and one of them was Musab ibn Umar, who was martyred on the day of Uhud. He did not leave behind anything except a sheet of shredded woolen cloth. If you covered his head with it, his feet were uncovered, and if we covered his feet with it, his head was uncovered. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said to us, Cover his head with it and put lemongrass over his feet. Despite the deep, sad pain which the Prophet, peace be upon him, suffered over the loss of his uncle Hamza and the mutilation of his corpse by the polyethists in a manner that drew tears from the Prophet, peace be upon him, and broke his heart, despite the fact that the field of battle was littered with the corpses of his companions, all of whom represented the peak of truth, piety and enlightenment, despite all of this, he stood at the corpse of his first envoy, bidding him farewell and weeping bitterly. Nay, the Prophet, peace be upon him, stood at the remains of Mus'ab ibn Umar, saying, while his eyes were flowing with tears, love and loyalty. Among the believers are men who have been true to their covenant with Allah. Then he gave a sad look at the garment in which he was shrouded and said, I saw you at Makkah, and there was not a more precious jewel, nor more distinguished one than you. And here you are, bareheaded in a garment. Then the Prophet, peace be upon him, looked at all the martyrs in the battlefield and said, The Prophet of Allah witnesses that you are martyrs to Allah on the day of resurrection. Then he gathered his living companions around him and said, O people, visit them, come to them and salute them. By Allah, no Muslim will salute them, but they will salute him in return. Peace be on you, O Musab. Peace be on you, O martyrs. Peace and blessings of Allah be upon you. So that was the story of Musab ibn Umar. May Allah be pleased with him. Just to repeat myself as usual, please do subscribe to our channel, our YouTube channel, Islamic Audio Bites. We are no longer uploading to podcasting platforms and will be uploading future episodes on YouTube only. Again, if you've got any comments, reviews, ratings, that sort of thing, please do get in contact at sisterb007 at gmail.com and do check out our website at islamicaudiobites.com 
We upload updates on um, Facebook and Instagram, so if you could follow me there as well. Otherwise, hope your day is full of goodness. Assalamu alaikum.